Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody. Yeah, good response. All right. Well, good to see everybody. Uh, if you um, are joining us for the first time, we welcome you. And if you're joining us for the first time online, we welcome you as well. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors, and I'm grateful that you have chosen to be with us here today. You could be many places, but you're here with us, and we are grateful for that. Um, as a quick reminder, uh, just for uh, our other option of worship, another way that we worship through giving, uh, you see those options there um, on the screen uh, for giving there. If you want to give towards the mission of homes, uh, you can give to Operation Christmas child currently for that, as everything for that is ramping up. I'll give you an update on that at the end of the gathering this morning. Uh, but you can give towards Operating Christmas Child. You can give towards the ministry of what God is doing here. Uh, so do that if you feel led. You can also give to an usher as you leave uh, this morning. Uh, if today is your first time or first time in a while, uh, we are now jumping back into the book of Acts. Um, we Typically, we'll preach through books of the Bible here. We just got done uh, over the summer preaching through the Psalms called Summer in the Psalms. And uh, just also over the last several weeks, we were doing a question series called Burning Questions. And uh, I encourage you, if you hadn't had a chance to go and listen to those, go on the website and listen to those. Uh, we covered a, a, a variety of topics during that series, and I think it's very helpful for us. Um, so please do that. But we are picking back up in the book of Acts today. And specifically, we are looking now at Paul's second missionary journey. And um, if you have not received one of these Acts journals, uh, there are some up here available. If you want to grab one of those for notes, you can do that. Uh, we got a couple of extra ones just in case. I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, if anybody wants one, you're welcome to grab those. Uh, they've got the scriptures and then also the note page for taking notes. All right. Has there ever been a time in your life where you just knew you knew that the Holy Spirit was leading you and guiding you, and you had to follow through that. Has there ever been that time in your life? Uh, for anybody that's in the room or listening online that is a follower of Jesus, the moment that the Lord began to initiate things through that salvation experience, you followed the Lord and the Holy Spirit came and he indwelled you. But there also has been a time probably in your life where as a follower of Jesus, you've been going through on mission for God in your daily life and something came about and you just knew that you knew that you knew that the Lord was leading you to do it. I think about in, in my family's life, just personally over the last couple of weeks, uh, a major career change for, for us with me leaving Charleston Southern after 10 years and going to work for the city starting this week doing that. That's a major change for us and it came out of nowhere. And we prayed and we sought the Lord and we really felt like the Lord was leading us to take this step and trust him in doing that. And, and prayerfully, it is exactly uh, what we should be following in. And I'll give you an update as time goes by, but we are excited and looking forward to that. But we just knew, we knew that the Lord was leading us to do this. And there's sometimes that we don't understand why, right? There's times where you're just like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why, God, you're leading in this direction, but you're leading. And so I must follow. And that's something very important that we must remember. When he is directing, we must follow. To kind of bring you up to speed on where we've been, because it has been a little while since we started the book of Acts and since the last time we covered it, uh, we've seen the beginning of the church, the early church, after Jesus's ascension and the Holy Spirit coming upon the believers. Many people come to faith in Jesus. And then also we've seen persecution. We've seen murdering. 
of Christians. We, we remember the, the, the most important one that I think that would probably come to our minds is the stoning of Stephen back from Acts 7, where he's murdered and, and murdered because of his faith, the first martyr of the early church. We've seen Paul's conversion when he was on the road to Damascus and God radically intervening in his life and saving him. And then we also saw Paul's first missionary journey that we covered prior to the summer. Now, as we're going into this second missionary journey, this takes place from Antioch, a place that we remember from previously. And the purpose is to take the letter from the Jerusalem Council to the churches that are around the region. So with that said, let's stand together, let's honor the reading of God's word, and let's read from this passage today. Acts 15, starting in verse 36. The word of the Lord says, And after some days Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of God and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them at Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers through the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Chapter 16, verse 1. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them excuse me, for observance, the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Pyrgria and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that it is truth. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are our sovereign God, our Abba Father, whom we worship because of what your Son has done for us and his precious blood that was poured out for us. We thank you, Lord, that he defeated the grave and resurrected on the third day, and he's ascended at your right hand, waiting until the day of his return. Father, now as we spend this time in your word, I pray, God, that you be glorified during this time. Lord, I pray for Pastor Josh, as I'm sure he's in the pulpit right about this time at Highland Park. Speak boldly through him. Lord, speak boldly through me now. Have your ways, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, I've entitled this message today, Following the Holy Spirit on Mission. Following the Holy Spirit on Mission. On mission. And as believers, we must follow the Holy Spirit despite conflict. We must do so to equip others, and we must do so to take the gospel to others while we are on mission. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. The first point is this follow the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit despite conflict. Following the Holy Spirit despite conflict. 
36 again says, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. So following the events of the Jerusalem council, Paul's making it clear like, hey, we need to now go back to the places we've been. We need to check on them. We need to encourage them in the Lord and see how they are doing since we last were with them. Verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. You see, Barnabas, he was the encourager. Barnabas had no issue with what Paul wanted to do. He was fine with it. But he wanted to take John Mark with him. And we may remember from Acts 13, back in those chapters, it seems like forever ago, I know, but back in those chapters, John Mark leaves them. He leaves them. There could have been several reasons for why John Mark left them, but it most more than likely is he was maybe a little homesick or maybe the journey was a little bit too longer than what he thought was necessary. But Barnabas being the encourager, he wants so badly to give John Mark a second chance. Now look at Paul's response in verse 38. Paul thought best not to take with them the one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them in the work. You see, Paul, he sees, wait a second, this is an important cause to what we're doing. God has called us to take this message to the Gentiles. This is serious. I don't want to take somebody alongside of us that's just going to get, "Ah, I don't want to do this anymore and wants to leave. Paul sees the seriousness of the mission. And Paul probably thinks that it's going to happen again. If he's left us once, he's probably going to leave us again. We don't need to take him with us. Now look at something that happens in 39. There arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. See, we read that. We might read that and think, wait a minute, this is unthinkable, right? Like, this is Barnabas, the encourager that wants to to bring people joy and encourage them throughout the way. This is Paul. Like, these guys should not be having a sharp disagreement, but the scriptures tell us that they do. And in the Greek, it carries this idea of violent action or emotion. It's a pretty intense conflict that takes place between these two brothers over the fact of John Mark coming. Now, for us, we hear that, and it's like, this is unsettling. This is Paul's second missionary journey. There would have been this opportunity for expected conflict from those that are opposing the message, but not from within. Why does there need to be conflict you see, these two men, they're, they're not perfect men. They're not Jesus. They're sinful men that have been saved by the Lord's grace, but they still sin. They still have issues that arise. See, church, we will face difficulties that are gonna leave us surprised. Matter of fact, I can tell you, I mean, in my 15 some odd years now of ministry, I, there have been times where I've seen things happen that left me almost speechless. Like, why does that happen? Why do these people have conflict with one another? Why? We're the church. Why does that take place? But the reality is it does. Ministry's messy. We're dealing with sinful people. We're sinful people that are saved by God's grace, but we still have issues. Conflicts still arise. And despite the conflicts that arise, we must stay focused on following the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't think conflicts are going to happen, we're clueless. They're going to happen. Things are going to come about. Look at verses 40 and 41 and notice something that does take place from this. Excuse me. 
But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. See, Paul chooses Silas and he takes Silas with him and they're commanded by the church to go. The church says, go, you guys go. Barnabas and John Mark, they sailed away to Cyprus. You guys feel that this is what you need to do, Paul, and the Holy Spirit's leading you to do it. Go, we commend you, we are supporting you. Go and do that work. And so they go. And we see this and we might ask, well, there was a conflict there. Can any good come from that? And I'm not commending the conflict here, but think about it this way. Yes, a conflict happened and they had to separate, but the gospel's now going to two different places. Barnabas still wants to see the gospel go forth. He wants to take John Mark with him to carry that gospel. So there's good that can come from that as they go to Cyprus. Paul and Silas want to go and visit these churches. So they're gonna take the gospel with them. You know, you may be sitting, you may be thinking, okay, so this conflict arises between them. Does anything good between them come to be? Like, is there reconciliation? Because I don't know if you're like me, there's, there's probably times that you've witnessed conflict happen and you've never seen reconciliation come from the conflict. Have we ever seen that? There's been times that that's probably happened, if we're being honest. Maybe in the life of this church or maybe the life of somebody else or between believers, any time in your life you may have seen a conflict arise where reconciliation did not happen and that's heartbreaking. It's sad. But for these guys, we know that Paul's attitude changes towards John and Mark. Matter of fact, in Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 411, Paul says, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me in ministry. Towards the end of Paul's life, he is grateful for John Mark, and he wants him to come and be with him. Paul says he's useful to me in ministry. He sees the worth and what can be done through him. And also, this is Mark that, that writes the gospel of Mark. Like, he's valuable. But the point of it all that I'm showing you in this part of this passage today is that conflicts are going to happen. They're going to be things that we didn't see coming. They will happen. But we must, we must, we must follow the Holy Spirit despite the conflicts. Following the Holy Spirit despite the conflicts is the God-honoring thing to do. When conflicts arise, we seek reconciliation, but we continue to follow the Holy Spirit and his leading. So we follow the Holy Spirit despite conflicts. Secondly, we're following the Holy Spirit to equip others. Following the Holy Spirit to equip others. We now move into chapter 16, verse one. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, And a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. So now they're here, and Paul sees this young Timothy. They're revisiting this area from his first missionary journey, and he sees this young Timothy, and most scholars believe that Timothy and his mother were converted under Paul's first missionary journey. So he's got his Jewish mother who is a believer, you've got Timothy who is a believer, and then his father is a Greek, he's a non-believer. Look at verse two. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. You see, Timothy's got a reputation. 
We know from the scriptures, also from Paul's letters, that he is younger. He's a young believer. He says it here as well. He's this younger man, but he has a good reputation among the brothers. That's a very important thing. We remember also from Paul's letter when he's talking about overseers and he's writing to Timothy. He he lists all of these different character traits that are so important for those who are ministers of the gospel. Timothy is one of these people that have these traits, these qualities. He's well thought of by the brothers. Verse three, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now see, Timothy, I said, is well thought of by the brothers and he leaves this great impression on Paul. So Paul says, hey, Timothy, why don't you come along with Silas and I and go on this missionary journey with us? Why don't you tag along and learn from us and see the things that God is doing in us and through us? And the text tells us that this was because of the Jews that Timothy needed to be circumcised. You might be saying, well, I don't understand that. Why? Why does that need to happen for Timothy? Well, we have to remember a couple things. One, he was born to a Greek dad and a Jewish mother. And according to the rabbinic law, a child born to a Jewish mother and a Greek father, the child is still considered to be Jewish. But to put it bluntly, the Jews would have been offended by the message had they encountered Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Because they would have known that his father was Greek, and they would have immediately said, nope, we don't want to hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because it's probably false, it's heresy, we don't want nothing to do with it. And so Paul understands that, Paul knows that, and Paul's thinking ahead, and by circumcising Timothy, Paul is being preventative in not allowing distractions to come in place of the gospel message. That is very, very important for us to remember. You might be saying, well, well Pastor Brian, do I, do I need to circumcise somebody? No, we don't circumcise in that context like that. But we do have to understand, and I'm going to get to this in a moment, there are times where we've got to be mindful of our ways in which we are doing things. We have to understand our context. Look at verses 4 and 5. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered them to be uh, delivered them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in the numbers daily. So Paul, Silas, Timothy, they're going about, and they go to these cities, and they tell them the results of the letter that comes from the Jerusalem Council. And the scriptures tell us that once they hear these decisions that have been reached, the apostles and elders that are there, they they made these decisions in Jerusalem, so the churches hear it, and they are strengthened in the faith. And they increased in their numbers daily. More and more people came to faith and the church is strengthened. The church grows because they hear these things. They see the witness and the testimony of what Paul, Silas, and young Timothy are bringing before them. Now, there's a couple of applications that I want to point out from this section. Because I told you a moment ago that Paul sees this in Timothy. He sees that he's well thought of, and he brings him alongside. That's very important for us to understand. You see, here's some applications. The first one is this. We must disciple others. 
We must disciple others. As we are on mission following the Holy Spirit, we must disciple others. Think about your church family. Are there people in our church who could be a Timothy for you? You see, because Paul found this young believer. He saw the qualities that he was gifted with, and Paul took him alongside of him and said, hey, you watch us. Come and learn from us. So Paul sees the desperate need to disciple, and he brings him alongside. You see, Timothy would be able to watch and learn through this process. He would be able to see and understand the things that the Lord was doing through Paul and Silas. He would be strengthened and grow in the Lord. So as you're thinking through our family here at Holmes, who is it that could be discipling you? And then I'm gonna flip it for you. Who here can you be discipling? Who can you be discipling? You might say, well, Pastor Brian, I, I, I'm not really that d- disciplined in studying the word. I, I, I couldn't do that with somebody. Listen, a lot of the times we look at the idea of discipleship and we make it this big, overwhelming thing. You're taking the word of God, you're bringing it between you and another brother or another sister, and you're opening the word and you're walking through the word together. More spiritually mature believers, as you have the younger believer coming alongside of you, you're teaching the things that the Lord has given to you, the wisdom that you have gotten from the Lord over years of serving him, and you're pouring into that person. Younger person in the faith, as you're being poured into, you're learning, you're growing, prayerfully you're thriving in the Lord, and you're making note, and you're already thinking ahead, who is it that is younger in the faith that I could bring alongside of me? Ooh, this is something good that I can remember for when the time comes to be able to do this with somebody else. It was very important to Paul that he bring young Timothy alongside of him. The other thing, I alluded to this a moment ago, the other application we can see from this part is that we must know our ministry context. We must know our ministry, or you can put in there, missional context. If we are striving here at Holmes Avenue to see the Great Commission filled in this generation by loving God and loving people, then we must understand the context of the places by which we are taking the gospel message. Paul was willing to prevent any stumbling block for those people to hear the gospel, so therefore he circumcised Timothy. Paul says in his letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 9, 20-23, to the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those who were under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings." See, by Paul doing this and setting this example, we can take it today in 2022 and think about the missional context of where God has placed us and say, how can I be weak 
to those who are weak? How can I become all things to all people that by all means I might save some, that God may intervene and do a powerful work? You see, for Paul, he did not do anything of sin or anything to go against the message of the gospel, but he did understand the context by which he was doing mission, and he adapted his ways to get the people around to hear the message of the gospel. We must understand our ministry and missional context. If we are following the Holy Spirit and he's leading us and he's guiding us, he's directing us, we must be obedient to where he takes us and we must understand the places where we go. You walk out here in this welcome center, you see the beautiful mural that's painted on the wall. That is to demonstrate to our church a circle of accountability, a COA to show that the middle of that circle is the circle for Holmes Avenue's logo. And that's to represent our physical location here. And that is a one mile radius showing us as a church body, this is our missional influence. This is the context by which we are doing ministry. This is our circle of accountability. And we say it all the time, we do these things. We proclaim and demonstrate the gospel so that every man, woman, and child in our circles of accountability have multiple opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the gospel. That is our overall COA there. But in each of our individual lives, we all have a COA. We all have a circle of accountability. It's where you live, it's where you work, it's where you play, and I'll even throw in there too, it's where it's bi biographical, your family. But where you live, your family can fall under that. Where you live is where God has placed you. Besides the family units in the room, each and every one of us lives somewhere different. Each and every one of us, by living somewhere different, have a missional context of where we live where we can take the gospel message. We've got to understand where we are in that context, where we work. Some of us work together, maybe in different places, in the same company or whatever, but then others of us work for completely other companies that work still. We have to understand where we are in our workplace and how God can use us for his glory to take the gospel to that workplace and then play are recreational, what we like to do. If your kid plays on a team, you're there. That's a place where you play. Now, granted, you're, you might be sitting there in the stands, but you still have a place in that area where you can bring life of the gospel. In the grocery store, we were talking about this yesterday in Brotherhood. If you go to the same grocery store, start to build a relationship with that same person that is checking you out at the, at the cashier line. You may have a 30-second opportunity, but you can very quickly say something about the gospel to them that could leave an impression. Go to the same restaurant. Build a relationship with the waitress that is there waiting on you. Ask them how you can pray for them. There are so many creative ways that are so easy that we can do these things to follow the Holy Spirit, to equip others, but then also, number three, following the Holy Spirit to take the gospel to others. Following the Holy Spirit to take the gospel to others. Verses six through eight, we'll read together. And they went through the region of Pigria and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Magia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Magia, they went down to Troas. See, they go out and they seek to go this way, but the Holy Spirit says no. So they go a different direction. 
Then they go to the next place, the Spirit of Jesus, i.e. the Holy Spirit is telling them, do not go that way. So they ultimately end up where they go down to Troas. See, there's an important takeaway here for us from this. There are times in our missional journeys, in our lives, where we believe that we should be heading in one direction, and so we pursue that. And we say, God, I'm following you. I'm doing what you've called me to do. I'm going this way. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not going that way anymore. You're going this way. And to be obedient followers, we must say, yes, Lord, I don't know where you're taking me in that direction, but I'm following you. And prayerfully, doors will open for gospel conversations and the word of God to go forth and people come to faith in Jesus. Ultimately, we must trust the Lord's leading so that the gospel can be taken to others. We see in these last two verses where the Lord was actually starting to lead them. Verses nine and 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go on to Macedonia. We sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Notice here Paul's response. The vision comes before Paul and Paul doesn't say, hey guys, let's have a meeting and let's just try to figure this out. No, 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 Paul knew that God was leading him. How do you know when Paul, I mean, when, when God is leading you, the Holy Spirit is leading? You're walking in step with the Spirit. You're in the Word of God. You're praying. You're having time with the Lord. You're growing and you're thriving in your walk. Because if we're not growing in the Word and prayer, if we're not seeking God daily, if we're just kind of going through life, just doing what we need to do to get by, here's the thing. We will go our own directions. We will go ways that we think we're supposed to go, but we may very much learn very quickly that that was not the way in which we were supposed to be going because we're not walking in tune with the Spirit. We're not following. We're not being obedient we must be obedient. We must follow. Paul knows that he knows that he knows that this vision is from God because the Holy Spirit already told him twice, you're not going that way. You're not going that way. The vision comes and scripture says that Paul immediately goes and tells the brothers and they go. It also tells us there in verse 10 that we sought. This is just a little, little tidbit for you. This is the first time we see we being written. Now remember, Luke is writing the gospel, I mean, the, the book of Acts. He wrote the book of Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. This is the first time we see mentioned that Luke is actually now coming along with them. So it's Paul, it's Silas, it's Timothy, it's Luke, and they're going. We sought to go. They're all in agreement. They believe that the Lord has called them to take the gospel to Macedonia, and they go. And that's where we're gonna pick up next week when we jump back in. And we'll see how the gospel goes to Macedonia, goes to Philippi. We see incredible things happen starting next week from this. But don't miss the incredible notion that God has given to us from his word today, which leads me to ask you two questions to wrestle with this week. What is the Holy Spirit directing you to do today? What's the Holy Spirit directing you to do today? And it may not be today, like literally right now, but maybe you understand when you hear me ask that question, you're like, you know what? 
God, you've been trying to tell me something over the last few weeks. You've been directing me and I've been pushing mute. I haven't been listening. And maybe you know the way he wants you to go and maybe you're scared and you don't know what the next step is. Take the step. Take the step and trust. What's the Holy Spirit telling you to do today? And secondly, are you walking in step with the Holy Spirit? Are you walking in step with him? Are you literally day by day saying, Lord, whatever you want today, you have. I'm open-handed. I've got the blank check. Name's already signed on it. Take it wherever you want it. Cash it however you want. See, because Christ Jesus didn't die just for us to say, oh, well, we'll figure it out next week. We've got to follow the Holy Spirit. If we're going to truly be on mission and we're going to see people come to faith in Christ, we have to be on mission following the Holy Spirit day by day. Let me pray for us and then we'll move into our time of singing. As I pray for us, if the Lord is leading you in any type of way, maybe you need somebody to pray with you. Myself or Pastor Walter will be glad to pray with you. Maybe you just need somebody to talk to, be glad to talk with you, to help you through whatever you may be going through. Maybe you just need help with saying, hey, I think God's telling me to do this, but I don't know what the next step is. We will rejoice with you and help you in finding out what that is. But whatever it is, be obedient to the Spirit's leading. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are so good. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and the example, Lord, that we have of these accounts of Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke going about and taking the gospel on this second missionary journey. Lord, that we would learn from this over these next few weeks and that we would see the ways in which you've led and worked through these men to change the lives of people they encounter. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that that ignites the spark inside of us that says, Lord, we want to be obedient to your leading. Holy Spirit, lead and we will follow. Help us, God, to be obedient. Give us the boldness to say yes, and as we engage with people along the way, give us the boldness and clarity to speak the gospel clearly to people. And Lord, through all these things, we pray that many lives would be changed, not just through our body of believers here, but through our sister churches in this region. Father, I pray above all things, Lord, that you'd have your way in us today. We love you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.